This is 40K Today. As fast as Harlequins, as tough as Iron Hands, as big as Imperial Knights, as loved as Tau. Hello and welcome to a special Best of 40K Today. Monday through Friday, we are your daily 15-minute news, views, and interviews deep dive into the entire hobby of Warhammer 40,000. Today, we bring you a selection of our favorite interviews from the week. We have to say a massive thanks to our friends at Frontline Gaming for having us in on a Saturday. If you like what you hear, give us a listen during the week at 40ktoday.com, or you can find us via your favorite podcast player. Just look for 40K Today. I'm your host, John Damaris, and today on the program, Brian Pullen from Tabletop Titans tells us about their insane 9th edition release schedule. Adam, words per minute, Camilleri stops by to tell us what Astra Militarum might look like in 9th edition. Steve from Play on Tabletop tells us about their new exciting initiative, 40K in 40 seconds. And Ennis Wilson tells us all about Scotland's digital 40K revolution. Okay, speaking as someone who does a daily podcast, I have absolutely zero idea how Tabletop Titans is releasing at least one high-quality video every day until 9th edition drops. I'm just going to say they're wizards. That's it. It's got to be magic because <laughs> we have six people working full-time to keep this daily podcast going, and somehow they're making amazing high-quality videos every, way, every single day. Uh, Brian Poland stops by to tell us all about the amazing videos that are yet to be released. All right, 40K Today listeners, we have a very special guest today. We're going to talk to Brian Pullen from Tabletop Titans, who has an absolutely massive release schedule for 9th Edition. Basically, if there's anything you want to know about 9th Edition, I'm pretty sure Tabletop Titans has it covered. Brian, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Oh, we're super excited. Do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about your planned release schedule? I know you've got a really neat infographic that's spreading around that we'll definitely link to, but let, let's just give them a taste of what they can expect from you guys. Yeah, well, we're um, we're on the official kind of preview team, which means they kind of sent us they sent us one of the the Indominus boxes early, and uh, so we've had we've been able to preview some of the rules ahead of time. And of course, I've been playtesting the game for a while, so I've already had a lot to say. And so starting last uh, Thursday, the 2nd, um, that was the official day that the preview team could unleash. We basically started doing videos since then, and we're going to have one video at least every day from then until the launch of the new edition on the 25th. And uh, some days we've been having more than one. Last Thursday, we had four or five. And uh, what we do is we typically release a faction-focused video, which talks about uh, kind of the high-level tactics and things that have changed in ninth edition for each faction. And then we uh, do a battle report for that faction as well. So within that first 25 days, we're going to cover maybe three quarters of the factions. And then shortly after that, we'll cover the remaining factions. Cool. I think one of the most useful video guys, videos that you guys have done is you did sort of a, here's what's changed in ninth edition. And, uh, you know, maybe there's some things that people have missed or, you know, it sort of summarizes it in a nice, easy to follow format. Do you want to give the listeners a few of those tips from that video? And then maybe we'll put a link to it in case they want to get a, a sort of a crash course on ninth edition, is guess, I guess what I want to call it. Yeah. Um, basically, in that video, we went over about 25 things that had changed um, in, in ninth edition. There's really quite a few. Uh, I, I'm going to give, you know, after playing it quite a bit, a few that have really stuck out to me. The largest one, and this one is kind of different for everybody, is the change to terrain rules. Um, the terrain rules have changed quite a bit, and in particular, the way that you interact with line of sight and ruins. 
the fact that uh, you could see through a ruin as long as you're kind of touching it and it has windows, that has, uh, in our experience, kind of made the game a lot more shooty. Now, that won't be your experience if your ruins at home don't have windows or things like that. So that one varies table to table, as terrain always does. Um, so that one's been really, really big. And uh, I think um, it's hard to appreciate the impact that has on the game until you start playing with your own terrain. That makes a lot of sense. Is there anything else that sort of jumped out at you guys besides the terrain? I know one of the things that kind of caught me off guard a little bit was um, some of the changes to the scenarios. They're the, very the different. Yeah. Yes. Missions make everything. Um, so if all they did was change the missions, um, that already would have had a, a massive impact on the game. Um, one of the things is that the mission primary objective is all about holding objectives and not about getting kill points. And that really changes the kinds of armies that you could build. There's certain armies that couldn't go hot turn one and couldn't get that kill. And uh, they were in a really tough spot. There's other armies that were crazy durable and kill point denial, which that doesn't really matter so much anymore. Um, in addition, there's uh, they've tried to do a lot to take alpha striking out of the game, um, both in the fact that you can get better cover turn one, you don't need to kill turn one, um, you don't score primary points turn one. All of those kind of give you an incentive to kind of hold back and um, and kind of take the game more, you know, kind of get into position turn one and not get alpha so bad. So things like that, I think, are really great changes. Yeah, actually, I, I want to just highlight that one point that you talked about that you can't score on turn one. Because the first couple of times I played, I, I played against... Uh, um, somebody with scout moves, and right. they were scout moving their stuff all onto all the objectives, and then turn one scoring a fifteen, you know, fifteen points on primary. And I was like, "Well, this doesn't seem very good." Mm-hmm. And then I was watching one of your videos, and I noticed that you guys on your score sheet on your infographic, there's no score for turn one. And I'm like, "Oh, I bet you can't score on turn one. That makes way more sense." So- That's right. You can still get your secondary objectives on turn one. So if you had something like engage on all fronts as a secondary, which is essentially recon for ITC players, um, you could still score that turn one. And there's other things you can still turn, but not the primary mission. So yeah, those scouts can't do it. <laughs> yeah. And then the other, uh, the other big thing I think is the secondaries. You sort of have to get used to living in a world where you're not going to score 15 on all your secondaries. I don't think I've done that <laughs> in a game yet. Right. Um, so. Yeah, it's it's a very hard world to get used to. If you if you played ITC missions, you would be you know really used to getting max secondary points. Um, and if you didn't get max secondary points, something bad happened. Even if you lost, you'd get max secondary points in a lot of games. And so that is not going to happen in Ninth Edition. Um, you're going to play an amazing game and still get you know maybe forty out of forty five points pretty regularly um, or, or less. Uh, yeah, secondaries are super duper hard. They are really hard. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your time. Do you want to leave the listeners with maybe a video they can look forward to uh, coming out? Yeah, absolutely. Well, we've got um, we've got live games that we do. You can go back and watch them after the fact, but we do live games every Thursday at 6 p.m. and every Saturday at 12 uh, noon. And uh, this week, we've actually got an extra battle report on Tuesday. And so this week, we've got some of my favorite uh, games. We've got Adeptus Mechanicus, which is probably the strongest faction at the start of ninth. We have the Custodes, which is one of the most improved factions of the entire edition. And so uh, we've got all kinds of great battle reports this week. We're going to be showing um, uh, Guard, which you know uh, everyone knows with all the tanks and blasts should be excellent. So lots of really cool stuff to look for this week. All right, Brian. Well, I'm looking forward to checking it out. I've been watching a lot of your content, so you guys are you guys are absolutely killing it, and you're doing a huge service to the community. Thank you. Thank you.
All right, that was Brian Pullen from Tabletop Titans. Make sure you guys check it out. Pay special attention to their changes between 8th and 9th edition video. It was well worth the investment in time. In this week's Faction Focus, we get an earful from Adam Camilleri. And when I say an earful, I really mean an earful. <laughs> Adam has done very well with Astra Militarum-based armies in 8th edition and tells us today what he's excited about in 9th edition. Excited might be an understatement. You might want to play this at about half speed to keep up with old words per minute camillary. All right, Adam, Mr. Words per minute camillary. Let's talk about guard. <laughs> I'm getting so, that put on a t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> we are getting ready to go into ninth edition. Everybody's super excited. And so for our faction focuses here at 40K Today, I thought we would shift. We had been talking a lot about Psychic Awakening, and that's almost done. We have Pariah to come out yet, I think. Um, but now let's talk about how we think these factions are going to do in ninth edition because the game has completely changed. What's good is is maybe not so good anymore, mm. and what's bad is maybe good. So, yeah. what do you think about guard? What are people going to play? So, I think guards and guards really well placed to kind of maneuver depending on which way the the meta goes. So, one of the big things that I think guard are going to be benefiting from is the the people not wishing to to put as much pressure on the opponent's army straight away. People want to. It seems like with the way the missions are structured and the way things are going, people are going to want to pressure objectives rather than pushing deep, 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 deep into your deployment zone and just you know forcing themselves into your face and into your line straight away. Which is a lot of what I think people were doing, especially things with like the Kraken Steelers and uh, Shining Spears. A lot of these units were all you know turn two with deep striking sanguinary bomb and and all these other things and and orc boys they're trying to push and pressure and keep you in your deployment zone but um i think we're going to be diverting uh, our focus to to contesting objectives and probably only one or two objectives that are kind of the no man's lands the ones we can easily reach out and contest now it is it's still going to be important to be able to push into other people's deployment zones and get in their faces but the pressure and the impetus to do that has been replaced by this necessity to just be sitting there and be reliably sitting on spots throughout the game to score those points at the start of your turn especially on the primary missions now where, where i think guard is very well placed for this is firstly they're maneuverable and they're flexible flexible in the fact that you can take a wide variety of units some of which start on the table some start in reserve um, the ones in reserve can be you know tempestus scions hell forge word elysians might come back into vogue but you can have those things starting off the table they're flexible units that you can order they can come down and they can just come down and sit on objectives they could just be five mans cheapest chips 35 points five scions or they can be 10 mans pack and heat bring in plasma guns melter guns hotshot volleys whatever you name um, on top of that the vehicles that we've had have all of a sudden just completely switched in purpose so lehman russ's before in 8th edition, they were, you kept them secret, you kept them safe. They were your precious. They were your, 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 your quarterbacks. You had to keep all the other blokes off them so they, they kept shooting game in, game out, got, and got you value. Now, you can legitimately line the front of your board edge with Lehman Rust tanks and have this imposing immovable spearhead of Toughness 8 pushing into the center of the table. And I think that's a very exciting change for us. So does that mean you might see, dare I say, heavy flamers on Sponsors oh, Fury, oh my, and my beloved Hellhound. Golly gosh, calm down, Adam. <laughs> I love Hellhound so much, and they are looking like they're them and their ilk. Even Chimeras with two heavy flamers all of a sudden get this new lease on life. Um, like you took a, you took a Chimera with two to two heavy flamers, it runs you about eighty eight points, ninety points if you want to chuck a stubber on it. That that loadout, that platform, it's toughness seven with ten wounds and a, a three plus save. All of a sudden, it has twelve las gun shots. Um, when you're within uh, rapid fire range, of course, has uh, three stubber shots at strength four, and has two d six heavy flamer shots at uh, you know at not at eight inches, as we know. On top of that, you take it as catacan and you get a reroll on one of the on one, if not both of those. And so, I think there's a lot of opportunity there. Now, there is going to be a bit of a mix up and a bit of a reordering of things as for the the doctrine, the regimental 
um, traits that we take. I think I think a lot of them have flipped on the head. Like, firstly, Talan, you lost a lot of value from Talan because you could they used to, it, that that was what used to give your tanks move and shoot with that penalty. Now all your tanks just get that already. So that's that's devalued a bit. As I think is Vostroyan somewhat because the plus to range is a lot less is a lot less meaningful on a smaller board. Um, and on yeah, top of that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah, and on on top of that, Cadian, when you had this, you, you, Cadian tells you to build this stable static like in in imposing gun line where you get all these real ones to hit for standing still and these bonuses for not moving like you order your audio heavy weapons teams to real to hit if they don't move there's a lot less impetus to, to stand still and have this static face-off gun line i think with terrain rules i think the way people want to be playing these missions you're going to be trying to be a lot more dynamic so i don't see that as getting as much value either i I'd, I, I'm very keen on trying to use a mechanized army now for guard. I'm not sure if it's going to be where the sweet spot is, but it's well, it's the way I've always liked to play guard. I'm going to be trying to trying to get that off the ground as my first point of call when I jump in. Yeah, I think the other thing that that can't be underestimated, right, is if you play a mechanized version of guard and you you hide all of your guardsmen in transports, it gives you the option to pop out a unit, right. And then get them on an objective just to like if you you know the way the new the new missions work, um, objective secured bodies that can move 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 are going to be deadly good at just denying somebody points for standing on an objective because you're just like cool I'm going to put these you know ten guys on this objective and suddenly the objective you were holding you're not holding anymore. Cool yeah, well, story. You know? Do you think think about a chimera starting on your front line? Let's say. Um, uh, with an with an average move, like let's say you just got an infantry squad in there, it's forty points. Just take a bare bones. It's literally just there to be annoying. Um, you get that infantry squad out turn one. You can't. You can no longer. You know, within three, you just have to be three inches. So you just move three inches out, and then you order them. Then they get, they just get to move in advance. So there's a minimum of seven. So you move ten inches outside of your chimera. Then you order them to move again, and another minimum of seven inches. So they're going to be moving a minimum of seven inches outside of a chimera. If you with with that order on the first turn, that's a lot of board. Now that is a lot of board, absolutely a lot of board. On top of that, that chimera can be moving around and doing things as well. The way I, the way I like these little combos to work is that you roll up with your chimera, and first turn you park it on the objective and you shoot whatever's on there. Second turn, if and then you char- sorry, then you charge into them, and then if they, they have the choice to stay there and be shot by a, a lot of las guns, stubbers, heavy flamers, or they have the choice to fall back. Now, unless they have a counter, no, there's there's not really any object obsec troops choice out there that's going to pick these guys off unless they're intercessors with a power fist or maybe catafron breaches and things of that ilk. Apart from that, you know. Cabalite warriors, witches, uh, guardians, other guardsmen, scouts—like they, they haven't got a chance of killing this chimera. So I think flooding the board with these, like maybe, maybe I'm I'm gonna try first up with taking three of them. I'm not sold on the heavy flamers because it is a lot of points. I might try with twin heavy bolters because that gives me a, li- a little bit more flexibility in the ranges, and um, I don't have to push into people's faces straight away. I can kind of play off it at a bit more of a a bit more of a safer board, and then pick my moments. So I do also like that that way of using it as well. And on top of that, if you wanted to use that uh, and, and go into and, and build into this idea even more, there's the assault company and vigilist you might want to look into because in doing that, you can move and advance your transport and then disembark your models. That'll be very powerful in the new mission set for sure. Okay, folks, you heard it here first. Guard is going to be now again a mechanized army, but instead of a parking lot, it's going to be rolling forward right into your face. Mm. And yeah, I'm not saying it's going to be, but that's how I'm going to be trying to do it. And I'm, I want to know if that's that's where the the power is because that's that that type of and style of play really excites me. I, I think it's very likely to be good. Thanks, Adam. Yeah. Thanks, John.
so much excitement. <laughs> that was a super fun interview. And I think Adam's uh, enthusiasm is very catchy. This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends you new cartridges. So you never have to think about ink. Save up to 50%. You'll pay less than $5 a month for ink and never run out again. Find out if your printer is eligible and enroll today at hpinstantink.com. Conditions apply. For details, visit hp.com slash instantinkspotify. Today's episode of 40K Today is brought to you by Frontline Gaming. Frontline Gaming is a one-stop shop for all your Warhammer hobby needs, discounted products, American-made gaming mats and terrain, and a full line of miniatures painting service and daily hobby content. And this can all be found at frontlinegaming.org. Okay, welcome back. Play on Tabletop has some of the best videos on the planet. The 40K in 40 Minutes series is super fun and engaging. You should definitely check it out. Now they are doing something even more crazy. They're doing 40K in 40 seconds, and you can participate too. Um, you'll have to get the deets from Steve and Tanya in this interview, but basically you create a 40-second battle report and submit it to play on, and there's going to be a contest. It should be a lot of fun. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Steve. I'm so happy to have you here. Well, I am really happy to be here. So the first question is, are you pumped for the new edition? Oh, goodness, yes. I, uh, I'm very excited about the new edition, um, especially since I'm, I'm an avid Space Marine player. Uh, here at Play on Tabletop, they've given me the, the affectionate title of uh, Space Marine Steve. And it's because I, I think right now, even, I am standing in what can only be like described as a pile of space marines. Um, I call it a quote-unquote studio, but really it's just a pile of space marines. Um, and this new box set has space marines in it, which they always do, but it gets me just so excited to see brand new space marine models. I, I'm over the moon. Yeah, I am actually more pumped for the Necron models myself, but, you know... You know. Well, that strikes a wound. That's I can't even hear. <laughs> that me and all your space marine players were like, "Whoa, okay, hold on a second. I mean, I do have a space wolves army, so I Here could use. Perfect. Yeah, I could use those space marines, but I'm more excited for the Necrons. Um, That's fair. They look really good. They do look really good. The Necrons. They do. They do. For the people who might not know who play on tabletop is or what you do could you maybe give them a quick snippet of what it is that you guys do yeah absolutely so at play on tabletop we are a group of creative professionals i'd like to say who are all incredibly passionate about warhammer and we sat down one day and we wanted to create what we could be comfortable saying as one of the best battle reports on YouTube that exists within the production community. And we set that as a goal and we worked incredibly hard to try and get there. We've uh, worked through editing and production and we've put together what we can call, what, what we think anyways, um, is one of the better versions of about a report and that's our 40K in 40 minutes. And we take a whole battle report and 
squish it down to all of the best parts that create the best story that we think is inside that game. And we show it to you in 40 minutes. I absolutely love your format. Um, and I am really pumped because you guys have a new thing called 40K in 40 Seconds. And this is a sort of standing challenge to your fans, I guess. Can you can you maybe tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So the the main show that we're running with right now is, of course, 40K in 40 Minutes. And uh, as a joke one day, I one of my friends was coming over for a game and I was like, you know what? I haven't posted anything on Facebook. I'm going to I am going to make a 40-second battle report and call it 40K in 40 seconds because I I thought it would be funny. And uh, it ended up being pretty funny. It was a little bit longer than 40 seconds, but whatever. And um, and, uh, it it ended up being actually quite funny. And then everyone else that saw it in the group were like, wow, like, how long did that take you? I'm like, not very long, like maybe 40 minutes to put together. And he was like, man, the team all loved it. They all started to try it. And they said, this is so much fun. And uh, it kind of like it gave a little bit of of life to like game at home. And because uh, right now there's not a lot of events going on. And uh, it, it was a way for all of us to kind of send goofy videos back and forth. And then we, th- we thought, I wonder if we could get our audience to do this with us. We're having a lot of fun with it. I wonder if everyone else can have a lot of fun with it, too. So we came up with the hashtag 40K in 40 seconds. And uh, we're kind of putting it out there to our audience as a bit of a challenge. If you can make a battle report in anything that has to do with like the Warhammer 40k universe. So if some people are really into Kill Team or they're playing Apocalypse or even just regular games of 40k, we want them to film it. We want them to cut it down to 40 seconds and then show it to us with that hashtag, putting it on Facebook, sending it to us. And the challenge is that we're going to watch all of these. And the ones Amazing. that stand out to us the most are going to get put together in a like clip show that we'll actually put up on our YouTube channel. I absolutely love this. So anybody can do this challenge. Um, what would you say is like the bare minimum equipment that you would need to make a 40-second bat rep? Oh, the min- the minimum equipment is like your phone. Because because the 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 video that is up on our Facebook right now. So, uh, my 40k and 40 seconds video where I kind of explain what it is and what's going on, I did that on just my phone. I had no extra equipment. I think I set up one light, which honestly, you don't need to do. As long as you just have like lights in the room, you'll be fine. So I use just my camera on my phone and then I use an app called UCut and I just cut it down to all the little important bits that I thought were kind of funny. And then I exported it all as a video and put it on Facebook. Uh, That seems really easy. I think I might give it a try. And in order to entice people to actually watch the video and try it themselves, my favorite part of your video is when you toss that model into the hot tub. Yeah. I think that we have all been there before. <laughs> we just oh, can't yeah. make a save or make a hit or whatever. Oh, yeah. Just like I was at that point in that game, the by the way, I that the that point in that game, I was so done with that razorback. Like I, I think it had missed like every time I shot last cannons, it was like one, two, 
two, two, one, one. And I was like, this is it. I'm done with it. And then he finally killed it. And I was like, what a useless, I just threw it in the tub. <laughs> uh, I think it really works in the short format because we didn't need to know what you rolled. We no. just knew you rolled really badly. Yeah. You just knew, you knew what I was feeling and that's the great thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the, on the show today. And I hope we can get more people to make little 40 second bat reps. Hmm. I may have to make some 40-second battle reports. That sounds like a good time. Innes Wilson is a top-notch WTC player from Scotland who took it upon himself to organize a tabletop simulator league to help them through COVID. He comes here to share his experiences about what they learned and what they not only learned about running an online league, but what they also learned about what might be good in the ninth edition meta. My good friend from across the pond, Innes Wilson, joins us to talk about what their meta is doing to deal with COVID-19. Now, you're doing something fairly innovative. You guys are actually one of the more active metas in the world. You want to tell everyone what you guys are doing right now? Yeah, so we set up for, as part of Team Scotland, we set up a Discord server and I've run uh, a full five-round 40k league, 2,000 points of 8th edition. We're now moving on to our second one, another five-round event that should end just before 9th edition drops and then we're going to start going to 9th edition events online. Uh, It's been great. Uh, I copied Trevi from Tactical Tortoise. He was running those great. And I was playing in those and I decided, well, why am I not just doing this for my own guys? Because we're all playing on TTS. Let's get this organized and let's like have some fun and like get some organized play because we all play tournaments. That's what we enjoy. Just playing one-off games with our friends was great. But having that like set structure of you're going to play five different people over five weeks or 20 days as it's been for the second league and just get that like the organized play where you have to play outside your comfort zone. You can't just, you know, play your friends that you know you're going to beat. You got to take a chance, right? That's cool. So, so how has your your community sort of accepted it? Have they has there been a lot of adopters? Or are you feeling pretty good about it? Or like what what's been the feedback so far? So we got twenty people plus myself for the first one, and then we're up to twenty four for the second one. Uh, but we got some we got some switch around. So some people that played in the first one couldn't play the second one, and then some new people came in for the second one. We got some interest from uh, some of the Welsh guys that are part of our that are part of our community as well. So it's been great for like community adoption. Like not everybody's on TTS, not everybody's got a computer that can play it, not everybody's got time. But of our like there's roughly 50, 60 people in our Discord server, and we're getting about 40% of them playing, which I think is a really good conversion rate for a server that wasn't set up for this. It was set up for something else, and we were just like, we'll come play TTS. I mean, getting a, a 20 plus person league together is good practice. I mean, you're still getting five rounds of good 40k. And I imagine if it's like a lot of the metas that I've been involved with, everybody sort of likes to, to beat everybody else. Oh, there, are, <laughs> there, there are so many Scorpius, uh, Scorp- Warwind Scorpiuses, it's making me upset. <laughs> uh, yeah, people have gone very cutthroat with it. Um, people are taking a chance to play factions they don't normally get to play. And then because people are playing factions they don't normally get to play, they don't have like, you know how whenever you play your own list, you're like, oh, there's these, these units I always take. There's the things I always play with. When you go to a new faction, there's none of that. You just play the best stuff. So everybody's oh, yeah. just like, uh, no, what's the most recent tournament list that Nick Nanavati or Richard Siegler wrote? I'll play that. <laughs> that doesn't seem so bad. So let me ask you this. Has um, the like One of the advantages, I would say, of TTS is the availability of being able to put anything on the table. Are you seeing some innovative, interesting lists? Like some things that nobody would... You know, I, maybe not exactly, but like 400 grats would be an example. So yeah, as someone in our previous league, uh, I had the pleasure of playing Dave in our, Dave Brown in the fourth round of the previous one. Brought 280 grats and I'm working on. Uh, <laughs> um, I think he went four and one, and I think he just bored all his opponents to death or crashed their computers. 
um, but it works. Like he was doing really well. Uh, he threatened to bring 480 to the second one until I told him that if he did that, I'd just kick him. <laughs> because TTS can't handle that, right? Yeah, like, TTS, TTS many- struggles with more than like 150 models aside. Um, yeah. But we've also seen uh, my friend Gavin played a really cool list with a bunch of Venoms with the uh, Dark Technomancers with a plus one damage on 12 shots each. So he's kicking out 62 damage shots a turn, which honestly just puts the fear in people. He played that in the first league, he made it to the finals. He's playing it again in the second league, and I believe he's already won to know. So we might see him up there again, definitely doing well with it. Um, a lot of people just running the new Admech stuff. So um, some of the Welsh guys, Andy Oakham's playing five of the new Admech flyers. Um, oh, Tom that's Layton's cool. playing double Paladin Grey Knights. Just all the usual stuff. Um, oh, Tom Layton playing playing the old standby double Paladin Grey Knights. There's Way also on the limb, Tom. <laughs> something in the region. I think there's like four Death Guard players in our second league. Got 24 players. So I'm playing them myself. Uh, another friend's playing 38 possessed. Um, Gavin Heritage from the Scottish team is playing 20 Blight Lords. So yeah, it's just not stuff that you would see on the table normally because who's got 20 Blight Lords? But it turns out yeah. 20 Blight Lords and Fabius Bile buff them up to toughness 6 and then power them to toughness 7. Don't die easy. No, that's kind of gross. So let me let me ask you this, I guess. One last question before we go. Do you feel like this practice is good for your meta? Are you guys getting to see a lot of different things? And sort of, um, because we let's be honest, there's a lot of things that have changed with, with no information, right? Nobody knows what's going to be good because there's no events to look at. There's no stat center. Um, so all you have is this sort of little window into what the meta might be. But do you feel like it's helping? Yeah, it's been great because there's like four books that have come out since we've had real tournaments back in February, March. And there's so much diversity across the list. We've got players playing Custodes. We've got players playing trying the new Death Guard. The new uh, Demon stuff's popped up a little bit. And it's all kind of fresh takes. Like there's been hot takes on what's what exists in these lists. Um, but we're now just seeing people really try it out for the first time. And the diversity has been great to see. And honestly, catching people out and just like trying new things and showing off, well, this is what this does and this is what this does and nobody expects it. Um, so players that normally like you don't see doing like massively great at singles events have had some really great successes here. And there's people that you would expect to be doing really well or trying new things and doing quite badly, which is quite funny to see as well. <laughs> well, it also, at a very minimum, at least gives you an opportunity to rib your friends, right? So nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's exactly what it is. And it just gives us a bit of groundwork to work with going into ninth edition that we've now... We've seen all this stuff on the table at least a little bit, and we can use that information to fl- to flood into what we're going to be playing once we start opening back up in a couple of weeks. We're able to start getting real games in again. Maybe some of this pops up onto the real table. I mean, I've been playing Death Guard a little bit, and I might have just ordered sixty Plague Marines. So, no, take <laughs> from that what you will. <laughs> That's amazing. All right, Ennis. Well, thank you for your time, and then we'll put a link to some of your social stuff in the uh, in the show notes so that if people have questions about maybe getting this going in their local meta, they can they can hit you up. Yeah, hit me up. And if you're Scottish yourself, please drop us a message if you want to get involved because we're always happy to take more Scots on board. And we're letting John in as a special, so he might be able to stream some more games for us. <laughs> awesome. Make sure you hit up Innis if you want advice for organizing something similar for your meta. Uh-oh, it's now time to get that special song stuck in your head. It's the, the model of the day, the the model of the day, the, the model of the day. Every day during our regular weekday show, we feature a model of the day, and we've been able to show off some stunning work this week. This week's model of the week is one you might have already seen. 
This Death Guard Dreadnought is absolutely gross, and we mean that in the best way possible. It is leaking ichor and clotted blood out of its joints, and it perfectly captures the particularly grimdark feel of Mortarian's Legion. All the metallics are given a corroded and oxidized finish that really hammer home just how toxic Papa Nurgle's gifts can be. The Nurgling on the base perfectly completes this model. If you have a model that we, you think we should feature on the show, or you've seen a model, uh, let us know with the hashtag on Instagram, uh, hashtag 40K Today, or toss us a message to our Facebook. And that's it for today. Thank you so much for joining us. A big thanks to our content producer, Alex Boehner, our social media superstar, Tanya Gates, and our technical producer, Seamus Ronan, for all their hard work and once again putting the program together. If you liked what you heard on the show today, make sure you come check us out at 40K Today our, on, or on your favorite podcast platform. We do a 15-minute show every day with exactly the kind of information that was found in today's show. We'll see you next week. And until then, for the 40K Today team, I'm John Damaris, and that's what's happening in 40K Today.